Broadcasting from the CRW studio, this is the Two Drink Minimum with your hosts, Henny and Patron. Cheers, college football fanatics, and welcome to the Two Drink Minimum. I am Dan Patron, and with me as always is Kevin Hennigan. Tonight, it's Thanksgiving weekend, rivalry weekend, and we got the return of Hot Routes. So many games to talk about. We had to bring back Hot Routes. No four-pack, no six-pack, Hot Routes. Tons of games, tons of analysis, tons of Henny and Patron. It would help if I got the beer ready. All coming next on the two-drink minimum. Henny. We left some games out, too, and I looked at up and down Whew. our schedule here. It's this, this, week, this week is fresh, and so is the beer. We, I, we, we dipped into Underground Beer Lab for anybody in Syracuse or coming to Syracuse, visiting Syracuse that's not familiar with Underground Beer Lab. They have, first of all, like the greatest hours of anybody that's ever worked a job in their life. They're open like nine hours a week. You can can get in there on a Friday from like three to seven and then they're closed. Like, I mean, these guys are, they they work just the right amount of time that I would want to work if I owned a a brewery. They make fantastic (laughs) beers. They make killer beers, sell out of them, and then do it over again. Tonight, we've got uh, an underground beer lab evening. We have Secret Lab Work Hazy IPA, which is a collab they did with Prison City Brewing Company. This thing's got a born-on date of 10 days ago. No, five days ago. And then we have underground beer lab Irresistible Gradient, a New England IPA. This thing has a... Wait, what is today? Today's the 22nd? This thing is a five-day five-day aged you know freshness to it so we got a five-day old beer we got a three-day old beer we're going to start with the secret lab work collab from prison city we're going to get into these hot routes what a weekend of college football if you didn't check out part one we went through the ohio state michigan game we went through bedlam oklahoma at oklahoma state we went through cincinnati at east carolina we went through the iron bowl alabama at auburn that is not all there is this weekend. And some good CFP there talk there, too. Great CFP talk, yeah. some hypotheticals, who can get in, how many teams have a chance. Good episode. Go back, check out part one. Very good. I'm pumped for for Hot Routes, the return of Hot Routes, though. So many good games. And this is, this is the college football. It, it, dating back to season one of Henny and Patron, you talked about the pageantry of college football and what makes it great, and why that pageantry makes it great, why those rivalries make it great. When you're talking about rivalry games that go back to the 1800s, and we're going to get to a bunch of them this week. And these games are, it doesn't matter. You know, like I look at my first game on the docket, Clemson, South Carolina. doesn't matter that this isn't for the college football playoff. This game matters to them, it matters to their fan bases, it matters to their alumni. You know, the pride of alumni is just different than your pro sports fans. You know, like, I went there. I went there for four years, five years, however many years. Dr. You know, Chris Farley at Marquette went there for seven years. You know, like, you go there, you have a tie it matters, it's a big deal in your life, and then bam, you come with these rivalry games. Clemson, South Carolina, first game on our docket. 
11 and a half point spread for Clemson. These, this is, this is fantastic because as you look at this rivalry, these are two teams that have had very surprising seasons, one for bad, one for good. And I, 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 I think my order is different than yours, so I don't mean to mess you up with just throwing games out at you, but I know that you're just off-the-cuff guy anyways. That's me. It's, I'm off-the-cuff it's, it's, guy. It's, it's, it's amazing. <laughs> like, these two teams, these two teams I could not... I can't believe South Carolina's bowl eligible, man. I, I, That's impressive. Shane Beamer on line one for any number of these jobs that are open out there. Like this dude has done a phenomenal job with South Carolina. I think four and eight was the ceiling to start as you looked at their schedule. And here they are, they're six wins. Yes, they're 11 and a half point favorites against Clemson, but I think that's too much. You know, Clemson's playing well, but so is South Carolina. South Carolina is, you know, it, it's... It's just a different feel to what they got going on down there in Columbia right now. And, and you know, I they don't get this done against Clemson. They don't win this game. But this is a, this ends up being a closer game. Give me give me South Carolina with those points because 11 and a half is a lot. I don't think South Carolina is going to be able to score. We saw what the Clemson defense is capable of. They've been solid all year. You looked at it from the Georgia game that we talked about last episode, how good that defense looked, and what they did to Sam Hartman and that Wake Forest team. We'll get into Wake Forest in a few minutes. They're peaking at the right time, for sure. This Clemson team, in that big moment, showed up. The defense was phenomenal. The defensive line brought it. I believe they had seven sacks, so they were getting their hands on passes. They were dominant that entire game, and they will bring that – to the South Carolina offense, which is not very dangerous. You got a couple nice running backs, but you're not terrified of this offense. Wake Forest has a very good offense, and we saw what Clemson could do. So they're able to hold South Carolina to single-digit points. So Clemson can win this game by 11, but it's not a pretty game. Not, it's, it's, it, it's not a pretty game at all. But but it's 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 fun to watch. I mean, that. You'd tune into this game again for that rivalry. The interesting thing about this game that's funny is that, you know, you got an 11.5-point spread, almost 12-point spread there, with a 43-point over-under. You know, so you're you're dead on right there. You're, you're, you're dead on right there that the expectation with an 11-point spread and a 43 on the over-under is that Clemson wins this game. Yeah, 28 to 15. You know, like that's the expectation here. Twenty-eight to ten, that's the expectation here. Thoughts so on Clemson being twenty-sixth? I told you the AP rankings have Arkansas twenty-five, the most votes. Somebody not in the top twenty-five. Clemson was at twenty-six. They'll be ranked in the top twenty-five for the CFP for sure. Yeah, I don't want. I don't want to face this Clemson team right now. I mean, this Clemson team has actually to the point that they've gotten themselves right now. I think if you had a CFP type top four. Uh, in the ACC right now, they'd win that tournament. They'd, they, if, if, if you're talking Pitt, Clemson, Clemson can Wake still get Forest, in. Yeah, there's, there's, there's a path. There's yeah. a path for Clemson. It's to the ACC. To the ACC. I mean, you yeah. need Wake Forest to lose to BC, and UNC, and then you need UNC to beat NC State. Not crazy. Which we're gonna get to both. Okay. Of those okay. Games. All right. We're, we'll get to both of those games. Right, we'll Definitely, not Definitely not crazy. Definitely not crazy. I got another great rivalry here okay, that comes up next. Texas A&M is going to go to LSU. Oof, this is oof. the end of the Ed Ogeron era, which 
you know, I mean, could you have a greater disparity as to your era than Ed Orgeron has had? I mean, you're talking national championship or don't even make a bowl game. Like, LSU hasn't won an SEC game in five weeks. They haven't scored more than 17 points in their last three games against SEC opponents. Like, this is... This is a game... It feels like they've been better than that, though, doesn't it? It, it, it definitely does. For some it, reason, in my mind, I'm like, but LSU's been playing pretty good yeah, football. Yeah, they've been playing okay. Yeah. Been playing, but no, they haven't. No, they haven't. <laughs> so, but, I mean, the, the, here's the thing. Is that, again, this is one of those games, like, Texas A&M is going to go to LSU. They're going to play Saturday night at 7 o'clock on a nationally televised game on ESPN. That Just tune in. I, it, it's 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 one of those sneaky good games, sneaky good rivalries. This rivalry has taken place, you know, for a long time. It sort of replaced the game used to be Texas A and M Texas on this Thanksgiving weekend. Right. LSU sort of replaced that in the in the rivalry, and it's been great ever since. So you have two teams, you know, at five and six, LSU is fighting for their they get bowl another game. life. Orgeron gets another Orgeron game. Orgeron another game. But they, you take a look at how young this team is. Like, th- th- those practices matter. That, that bowl eligibility going into next season for the next dude matters. Like, this is important. They get this game. They go. They don't. It's over. You know, and then if you're A&M, they're eight and three, and they're looking for bowl placement. So... That's weird. Your uh, you coach know, it, gets fired. He's dead man walking. If you make a bowl game, just, that's a weird dynamic. Like, do guys even bring in the new dude? You don't want to get bring hurt. In the new dude. So if it's yeah, no, I would think hiring your new guy before that, so he's at least around. I like it. Like when we when like we it. get to the Baylor Texas Tech game, you watch Texas Tech, and yeah. that dude's up there taking notes. He's there. Yeah, you're like, oh crap. I'm- yeah, yeah, that matters. That dude's watching, right? That dude's A&M, watching. A&M wins the game. The Ed Orgeron era comes to an end here. I am a big fan of this A&M offense. The quarterback position is, you know, not what you thought you were going to get at the start of the year. Yeah. The LSU, what they're able to do against the run is legitimate. They've been playing the run really well, and that's A&M strength. But the talent on the A&M offense too much. Yeah, I, I've got A&M winning cover. It, it, Check check out though a couple of really exciting freshman wide receivers in this game. Each team has one for Texas A and M. Moose Muhammad the third, who I know that you identified at the beginning of the season as a guy to look out for. Sure, he, I did. He is um, he got hurt early and he's just starting to play because he was injured before the season. Second career game, five receptions for seventy seven yards and two touchdowns last week. For Texas A&M freshman wide receiver Moose Muhammad III, LSU has a nice kid. Malik Neighbors had a nice game against Louisiana Monroe, but who cares? Four receptions, 143 yards, and a touchdown. Both of these guys are exciting to watch. Tune in. A lot of young talent in this game, but I agree with you. Texas A&M talent too much. They're only a six-point dog in this game. It's only a six-point spread. I like Texas A&M to win and cover against that LSU team. Touchdown? I like it. Touchdown. Yeah. Win by a touchdown. But, like, a close game. Very enjoyable game to watch. Max Johnson's legit. You know, like, that 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 LSU 
offense is not as bad as maybe the numbers would suggest they are. I think the defense has let them down a lot. I think there's been some questionable play calling. They've had some guys shuffle in and out through that lineup, but that team is better uh, than they get credit for. But that, that Texas A&M team is probably the best 8-3 and three team in the country. You know, I mean, that's a really good Texas A&M team. Penn State, Michigan State. This game is, you know, okay. So Penn State is, speaking of teams that are very good as compared to their record, Penn State, if you're looking for, you know, a tremendous 6-4 and four team, look no further than Penn State. And then Michigan State is sitting there, you know, they've got two losses, but they have an outside shot at a New Year's Six Bowl, right? So, you know, you got to beat Penn State, and this is like your last beast of burden because that's going to end. But if Michigan gets blown out by Ohio State, right, and you already beat Michigan, then I think that, that head-to-head starts to matter. You talked about last episode of the college football playoff. Uh, committee said, ha ha, see, we were right. Michigan State got blown out by Ohio State. We told you that uh, that Michigan should be ranked ahead of them. What if Ohio State goes out and does the same thing to Michigan? Right. Now, all of a sudden, Michigan State is in line for that New Year's Six Bowl for that spot, that automatic qualifier spot that Ohio State would otherwise get, but they're going to play in the CFP. Game matters a ton to Michigan State. Penn State, they're looking at the future. You, you know, you saw Christian Vilu play last week. Clifford's he, playing in this and game. And he right? looked good. Right? He looked good. Play. I, they're going to let Clifford I, play as long as he wants I, to. I, I, I think so, but it's Unless seemed, he's too banged up to play. It seemed to me like Vilu in. came in because of how ineffective he was as well. I mean, he was banged up, but he was also ineffective. These are two teams that, I mean, it's going to be fun. I mean, you, you pay money to watch the Penn State rushing defense go up against the Michigan State rushing attack. I mean, those are two, you know, the 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 immovable object versus the, what, wait, what is that? How's that phrase go? In, well, I don't know. After last week, what you saw from the Michigan State rushing attack, six carries. I, the, Walker, uh, six carries. That, that was pitiful. They went against what we said they should do. Yeah. That's why they got blown out. They went, they went again. Mel Tucker went against what they should have done. Way too early. The coaches are the storyline here. So you talked in our first episode about how this weekend, yes, you have the playoff implications for a handful of games, but then you have the storylines of rivalries. This is a game that the storylines with the coaches. That's it. I James Franklin is going to announce this week prediction for you. James Franklin announces an extension. We're recording this Monday night. I think within the next twenty four hours, James Franklin. Before the music stops and he doesn't have a chair, he signs an extension for a chair. And he gets his chair for the next five-plus years. They'll add on to his contract. So James Franklin announces his extension. Because nobody else wants him? or He looked around, (laughs) and you think about what you'd have to do at other schools, and his price was dropping. He was going to have to pay child support, spouses support. So James Franklin decided it's cheaper decided to keep her. Cheaper to keep her. Cheaper to keep her. The school decides it. Like So they keep James Franklin. He announces it like I wanted to stay here the whole time. I was just joking. Yeah, that no, was, yeah. I, was just, I was just kidding. I was yeah. just kidding. And so I'm James Franklin announces he stays here. So 
Penn State doesn't have that distraction anymore. Michigan State was a fraud where they were ranked. Kenneth Walker is a nice player, but when you looked at the quarterback and the defense, they're terrible against the pass. Well, now, whoever the quarterback is, if Clifford's allowed to play, throw it to Dodson. But you have Dodson. You have a couple of nice players with Parker Washington there, too. This team can throw the ball. They can't run it. Kayvon Lee's seven-yard rushing touchdown against Rutgers was Penn State's longest rushing touchdown of the season. Which is crazy because you're Penn State. You're Penn State. You're Penn State. And you have no running game, but you're going against Michigan State who can't stop the pass, and you have one of the best kids in the country who wants to put up his highlight reel now against the kids from Ohio State. he's not going to play in the bowl game. Dotson's not going to play in the bowl game. That will be interesting to see. You know, they're going to play in, like, the Champ Sports Bowl or something like that. He ain't going to play. It wouldn't make sense to play. I agree with that. So we see Dotson. So this is his final showcase. And he's going to put something out there against a secondary that is not good. And yep. Michigan State is banged up. So Naylor and Reed might both be out for them. Yep. So already we're not super impressed with your passing game. And Michigan State had to get into the teeth of their schedule a little bit like Arkansas where you looked at how the schedule laid out. You had to play against these top-tier teams. Yep. You're not quite there. And and Penn State, as they got into the teeth of their schedule, they, they get a little bit unfairly judged. I mean, they played a very competitive game against Ohio State. It was I think it ended up with a nine-point loss, but it was closer than that. It was closer than that. And then they had, what, a three-, four-point game against Michigan. They had Michigan on the ropes. They had Michigan on the ropes. And I get it that Michigan State beat Michigan. But then, you know, then, Who you, cares? Look at, then you look at Penn State's other losses, and it's and it that comes down to that Sean Clifford injury. And they've been dealing with the Sean Clifford injury ever since that time. Right. But, you know, to should've me— Should have gone to your boy sooner. To me, they should have—I mean— Vilu was the Vilu was the guy. You tried telling him he should be I second on the depth chart. He should be second on the depth chart. Wouldn't Instead, listen. they went to the kid who can't throw the ball at, at quarterback, and that's, that's that, a weird decision. That does not work out well. No, it does not work out well. I mean, I don't know a, a ton about coaching football, but you know your quarterback should be able to throw. That, yes. Yes. Okay, we're good there. All right. All right. I I got Penn State winning this game. Me too. I got Penn State winning this Me game. Me too. It, maybe it's just for. For for Big Ten Dave, who couldn't be here with us tonight. But uh, for my boy DZ and both of his brothers who will be in town for Thanksgiving this week, I've got Penn State winning. Okay. They wouldn't do anything else for those Z-Boys. What about your Michigan State family members? They, they They're left. out there. They went to Michigan. They're out there in Lansing. Yeah. yeah. So d- no don't, love there? No. Don't go, okay. don't go to Lansing. If All I'm right. not going to oh, see gonna, you. Oh, you're going to learn a lesson yeah, here. Yeah. It's a teachable moment. Yeah. If okay. I'm not going to see you on Thanksgiving, right. then your team's going to lose. Okay. Yeah. Exactly. See you next Thanksgiving. Right. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Oregon State. Oregon. The Civil War. Wait, do they still call it the Civil War? Well, you can. Yeah. Did they change it? They changed it, didn't they? They changed it to something stupid. Somebody did. Duck Beaver Battle or something. It's like sponsored. Stupid like that, yeah. It's crazy. It's the Civil War. This is, this is uh, you know, I, I I love college football, and I have watched college football for a long time. And there is not that many times that I've seen the Oregon State-Oregon game be all that relevant for both teams. It's usually relevant for one. Right. But... When the Rodgers brothers were when, running around, those when, were probably... Yeah, yeah. Right? They're they're like, when the Rodgers brothers yeah. were out there. Yeah, but when you're talking about, like, winner goes to the Rose Bowl, you know, I mean, which is... 
And I know that I think Oregon State needs something else. To all we happen. need Friday night, we are all in on Washington beating Washington State as okay. college football fans. So that is a game that flies under the radar. But Wait, not do we not to even us. have the Apple Bowl on here. Well, I knew it was going to come up here. I have it. Okay. We were going to talk about Apple it. Bowl's not on here. Okay, it, it's here. We were going to get there because of the implications and. I, the schedule worked out like that. I don't know when, how far out they set some of it, but yeah. I, I would if I'm in charge of college football. I'm setting the Which schedule that weekend I, in my mind. Yes, I am. <laughs> I'm setting the weekend where you make sure that the game Saturday night, uh, you make sure the games that need to be last are oh, last. Oh yeah, you're Pac-12. You make sure that that Washington beats Washington State. So we, I like for I like the like. I like the fact, as long as Washington beats Washington State, you make sure that happens so we can get that yeah. game. But A couple pass interference calls here and there. Officials would never do that. But we're all <laughs> in on Washington beating Washington State because then you're right. The winner goes to the Pac-12 championship game. Yeah. Like, they're in Vegas December 3rd. Fr- I think it's the Friday night game. Oh, yeah. Pac-12. So the Friday of championship weekend. How awesome weekend. is that? Yeah. And, and, but and, a week ago, we thought Oregon was playing for CFP. A week later, we're like, you got to beat Oregon State. Yeah, just can, to get in. But can they get up? Like, can they get up? And, and this is the beautiful part about that, that, that rivalry, you know, weekend. That you're not left with, like, can we get up for... Arizona, Arizona State or whatever. This is still a rivalry game. You know, you're going to you're gonna bring in the boys from Corvallis, the Beavers from Corvallis are going to come to your place at Outson Stadium and play for a chance at the Pac-12 championship, at the Rose Bowl, at the big thing. You had greater, you had your sights set on greater goals than that. But at the, at the end of the day, you'd sign up for a Rose Bowl victory. I don't think we you understand know, like, it here. Did you see Justin Herbert at the Rose Bowl last year? You know, like or, or two years ago. Um, it, it was a coronation of his college career. It was not the college football playoff. It, he did not make it there, but he won the Rose Bowl two years ago, and it was it was a coronation of his college career it meant something to him it meant something to that fan base it means something in oregon it means something out west and it definitely means something to the, to the big 10 too you know so the rose bowl matters and these two teams have a lot on the line oregon gets up oregon shows up oregon wins this game and covers by by that 7 point spread it's 7 point spread the running game for Oregon State is very good. So they're going to bring B.J. Baylor. He leads the Pac-12 uh, in rushing yards. He's got 12 touchdowns this year. Six 100-yard games. We decided against Arizona State. He went for 150 against Utah. They bring a very good running back. But the Oregon ability to stop the run. They held UCLA to their worst rushing performance of the season. So the Oregon rush defense, good enough here to slow down B.J. Baylor. Yep. Slow them down. Oregon wins this game. They're down a couple wide receivers, so this will be a big game for Die and Cardwell and the running backs there for Oregon. But Oregon yeah. State, not good enough to beat Oregon here. Yeah. You know, does Oregon have a letdown like you do mentioned? Do we finally mm-hmm. see? Do we finally see? You know, uh, uh, Anthony Brown's successor come in at no, some not point. Now. Not now. Still no. not now. Pac-12 championship game. No, I think they're just gonna ride this out. I got here. Here's 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 something that I. Got. I don't think you mess with the the locker room that here's way. Something that's in, here's something that's something that's interesting right now. I got. I'll or, decide. I got Oregon winning this game. Okay. 
got Oregon winning the Pac-12 championship. Already? I but got, no one's going to listen next week. I got now. Thibodeau playing in the Rose Bowl. Not opting out. Not opting out. That would be cool. Love that kid's heart. He plays. Against, like, was Michigan? Yeah. Against, like, a, yeah. Dude, Oregon, Michigan would Oregon. be such a fantastic game. The kid, the Hutchinson kid plays, Thibodeau plays. Like, that would be No, the Michigan dudes would opt out. Spectacular. Michigan does have a, a, a pretty good legacy of opting out of of bowl games. That's what I thought of with the Mullen thing. That's where my mind went. Well, I think Tibbs plays. I think Tibbs plays. The injury is too much for him. Though. If it's the Rose Bowl, I think Thibodeau plays. I'd love that. I would love that. I'd I love that, that kid's heart. He's He's been great. It, knockout game. You you want to move on to another sure. knockout game. A, play, a play-in game. Wake Forest is going to go to Boston College. Wake is at that win and you're in for the ACC championship game. What time game. is that game? That game is, it's a five-point spread. I do not have the time right here in front of me. I can just scroll down, though. Let's take a look here. Whoop, I got the wrong, I got the wrong week. I got no, Wake. Okay. Wake Forest played Clemson last week. <laughs> just in case you were wondering. <laughs> okay. In case you were wondering. Yes. Um. Uh, that game is, I'm pretty sure it's Saturday mid-afternoon. Let's get it. Come on. It's, it's, it's noon. It's Saturday. another noon one. So here's what disappoints okay. me, though. So it's another nooner. Okay, so Wake Forest wins. NC State UNC doesn't matter, which bums me out. NC State UNC is Friday night, isn't it? Oh, I thought that was Saturday. That's Friday night? Okay, then I like that schedule. I'll I think get, NC State, yeah, night. NC State, UNC is Friday night. Okay, so that's, I, if I'm it's the schedule are. It's that night, but it's that Friday night. Okay, I thought that was. That's a, a good, uh, that's going to be a, that's going to be a good one. We'll get to that, we'll get, we'll get to that one too. Don't, no, I, well, don't, I like how the schedule don't, plays don't out. Jump, I love how that, that, that schedule jump out. Look, BC has the ability in this game to, to reduce the possessions for Wake Forest by, you know, taking advantage of a Wake Forest defense that gives up almost 200 yards per game on the ground. And that's what BC is going to need to do in order to, to, to hang around and stay competitive. BC's already bowl eligible. They got six wins, but they are absolutely looking to break Wake Forest's heart. You know, everybody else in the college football world goes like, Wake Forest, this upstart story. We don't want to see Clemson in the ACC championship again. They're not sentimental amongst each other, though, in, in the ACC. You know Boston College would love nothing more than to break Wake Forest's heart. They don't want Wake Forest winning ball games. No. They don't want Wake Forest winning ACC championships. You already have to keep up with Clemson in the recruiting. You want another team that can claim an ACC championship? Nope. You want to break their heart. Two two super underrated quarterbacks in this game, Sam Hartman and Phil Jerkovich, should make this a fun one to watch. What's at stake for Wake makes it sort of a must see for me. Like you were saying, this is you, you tune into this game because you you want to see if Wake Forest can get to the ACC championship game. It's only a five point spread. They've got to go on the road. They've got to come up north. Might be some inclement weather for that passing attack of theirs, which could throw another wrinkle into this game with the Boston College rushing attack in the snow or rain or whatever versus that Wake Forest attack that wants to throw the ball all over the place. I still have Wake winning and covering. Really like Sam Hartman. 
Really surprised he doesn't get more play for that Heisman Trophy, you know, contender area. But um, two very underrated college quarterbacks in this game. Hartman for Heisman would have been a nice campaign. It seems like it writes itself there. It's going to be fun to watch. When you look at the the Wake Forest offense, they said Sam Hartman to A.T. Perry. The Robertson kid is a nice wide receiver. Mm -hmm. I do Mm -hmm. really like that offense for Wake Forest. Boston College running the ball. That's Wake Forest has not been very good against the run here. So if you're Boston College, the quarterback is nice. Zay Flowers is nice for this team. Wake, Wake Forest, when you go there, if you were a kid being recruited by Clawson and go to Wake Forest, you might have talked the t- Yeah, someday we want to play to be able to get to the ACC championship game. You're thinking, well, this is Wake Forest. 100%. Yes. Yeah, but you're great. there now. It's great. Yeah. You have, like, this is. The dream season, if you're awake for it. Yes, the Clemson game, unfortunately, when you were looking at, you weren't going to make the playoff. It absolute chaos would have had to go down for Wake Forest yep. to get there. Yep. So that is unfortunate. Your but goals still, are still right there. Your goals are still right beyond there. Beyond what you thought the goals were, really. You're now playing in control to go to your right. ACC championship game. For, that's as good as right. it gets if you're Wake Forest. That's and, all you can ask for, and, and you have it right there. And Wake Forest is one of those schools, like, I mean... When you talk about a Wake Forest, uh, you talk about uh, Old Miss and Oxford. Like you talk about some of these schools. Like, do you ever just go on and just like Google images of these places' campuses? Like no. Wake Forest is an absolutely incredible campus. I know you've been to the UVA campus, or you're at least familiar with it, right? I like, like Charlottesville like, a lot. Yeah. yeah, I mean, you're talking about that's what Wake Forest is. That's what Old Miss is. So all you need to do is like put up some sort of competitive team. You're wanting to Google their campus right now. You're yeah. you're 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 tickling the keys right yeah. now. But like you're spot on because Wake Forest. You have been telling these kids that this is a possibility. And now here it is right in front of you. Too good of a coach to have any sort of a letdown here. They go into Boston College and they get this done. They win and they cover. Again, this is great though. This is the final week of college football regular season with everything on the line for a team like Wake Forest. A magical dream season. How can you not be interested in tuning into that game and seeing what happens? I'll tune in. I'll tune in. All right. We're agreeing on most of these things. The Egg Bowl. Where do we go now? Oh, okay. <laughs> We've got a big Thursday night here. This is a great... Like, I've always loved this game. I, I, I my Yes. Bro- so, you bought low on this game, too. So and these teams were not good. My brother and I used to come home from my grandfather's house in Binghamton. He could drive. He had his driver's license. So we would leave a little bit early and, and be like, all right, well, we're going to bounce. We'd drive home and we'd turn on the old Miss Mississippi State game and just sit and, and hang out and chill until the rest of the family got home. But you had that, like, little bit of, like, teenager time where you're like, we can just hang out and chill right. for this, like, hour, two yeah. hours before everybody else gets home. And this was always the game that was on. And it didn't matter who was there, what was what. This game is just always has that like little spot for me in, in my in my reminiscent you know childhood that makes it awesome. And then this year you see these two teams come in and it's actually awesome, awesome. 
Like, this isn't just, like, hyperbole about a rivalry game. This is actually two awesome teams that is going to be really fun to watch. Matt Coral versus Will Rogers. Like, how are you not watching that? Why wouldn't you watch that? Granted, I'm a huge Bills fan. That doesn't mean I'm not watching this game. That means I definitely need two televisions. So, yeah. I, 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 100%. You practiced for this moment. Yes, I, absolutely. Hours, you're ready. Absolutely. I've got a third television just in case there's like a simulcast or something going on. In this case, there's breaking news. Yes, exactly. Aliens have swarmed the planet. Yeah. It's T3. Yeah, that's T3. Yeah, right. yeah. That's the box TV. Right, you yeah. don't even get a flat Southwest screen. Southwest is gone. Yeah. <laughs> This game's gonna be good. Uh, you know what? What do you see here? Tell, tell me about what. Tell me about what your, what your thoughts well, the, on this the, game are. Because I've I've waxed poetic about the game. Tell me. The give first, me some good analysis. The first place. Oh, I, I can't give you that. But the first place my mind goes is the coaches. On game day last weekend, Kiffin called Leach the best offensive coach in college football. It's high praise. Love it. From another good offensive coach. So, Love it. And then you mentioned the quarterbacks here. The offenses with these two teams. We're. Very strong possibility we look back at the end of the weekend and we say the first game in the weekend was the most entertaining game we saw. There were more games impactful to the landscape and all those things. But I'd be hard-pressed to go up and down the slate. If you made me pick a game that will be the most entertaining game to watch, it's going to be Ole Miss at Mississippi State. The offenses are dynamic. The defenses can do just enough. They each have a few players that can disrupt yep. you. A couple dudes here and there. That The offenses have just been so... Uh, the, the numbers they put up are ridiculous. Oh, we ridiculous. know what Coral can do, but Mississippi State has been able to continue to do this. We brought up Auburn in the last episode. Will Rogers has been incredible. He was 80% for six touchdowns yeah. against Auburn. Yeah. Auburn has guys McCreary and Smoke Monday. They have NFL caliber talent in their secondary. Yep. And you had your quarterback complete 44 of 55 passes. That yeah. shouldn't happen against the Auburn yeah. secondary. And they, that kid did it down 25 points. Uh, you, you've definitely got points aplenty in this one. It's just, you know, what's, what's interesting for me with this one, too, is that part of me feels like this is the last hurrah for Ole Miss. It, it, you know, it, it, the lane it, train pulling it, out of town. It saddens me a little bit to have because I I've enjoyed the old Miss. I mean, I you know that I've been you know an old Miss fanboy since since we did the preseason show. Like I really like this old Miss team. I like Lane Kiffin. I like what he's I like the lessons that he's learned from his previous stops and like saying something like like Mike Leach is you know, the greatest offensive mind in college football or whatever he just said is is just something that Lane Kiffin has changed from who he used to be. And, and, and I don't think that it's just, you know, manipulating the people around him or the media. I think that he's he has actually learned from the mistakes that he made. He's a great mind. He's a great recruiter. He's a great offensive play caller. You know, he's very, very good for college football. And him being at this old Miss program has been great for the SEC. I see him moving on. Matt Coral has already said that the he's The stars done. aligned with he's Matt Coral being done. there with him. Yeah, I mean, if, you, if you're Lane Kiffin and you go, if Matt, Matt Coral's leaving, and I don't think that 
Matt Coral made Lane Kiffin. It's not one of those situations. You know, it's not Andrew Luck and Jim Harbaugh. Oh, oh, geez, did you just say that? Um, it's uh, you know, it's Hot take. it's not, <laughs> it's not that. It's not a situation where where necessarily Kiffin needed Coral. I think Coral needed Kiffin as much as Kiffin needed Coral. But those two guys sort of came together and made something special at Old Miss. But this seems like a last hurrah. You know, and, where do you think he goes? Then? And then there's so many opportunities. There's so much where would potential. You put him? I think he ends up at Florida. I I think that Lane Kiffin ends up at Florida. That job opening drew my attention there. The, the no Urban Meyer to Florida though. I, I, I it surprises me. I I would think that LSU is the better job than Florida, but I just see Lane Kiffin as a, as a Florida guy over. The LSU guy, you know, I it, it you you can avoid Alabama. Sure, you got Georgia, but the SEC East is a little bit easier to navigate than the SEC West. And Jimbo is stockpiling talent. Jimbo stockpiling over there too. Yep, hundred percent. So and you uh, know LSU is dangerous. If you don't want the LSU job, you know that it's right. a program that can very quickly. Right. Be right. sitting at the top of that division. Right. And, I mean, speaking of that, I mean, look out for Dan Mullen. I mean, Dan Mullen is going to... Oh, he'll replace Bill O'Brien as Alabama's OC next yeah, year. Yeah, I mean, it, or it, either that or he'll end up with a decent job, like 13 or 18, however many college football openings there are right now. Like, Dan Mullen can get one of them. Just because Dan Mullen's out at Florida doesn't mean that Dan Mullen's not in at Penn State. If I think James some of these guys Franklin are like, leaves. So okay, so James Franklin gets can. Or Dude, James, I just told you he's signing his extension. That was James, breaking yes. news. James Franklin. Let's twelve minutes let's ago. Say Frank, let's say Franklin doesn't take the extension and goes. And I and was takes, wrong. Goes and takes the USC job. Okay. So for once ever, Henny was wrong. Right. And James Franklin to spend our disbelief. Like Dan Mullen could easily be the next Penn State coach. Right. You know what I mean? Like, this dude's not out. He's getting, no. he's getting freaking millions of dollars. Oh, yeah. Guys are going to be. Buyout. Like, Mullen. Luke Fickle. Luke Fickle. If Cincinnati is going to be a power five job opening if Luke mm. Fickle leaves. Luke Fickle takes the USC job. Mullen right. now you take have a, that job. Now you have a power five team coming out of a playoff. Yep. Like there's gonna be if Dave Aranda leaves Baylor to go take a Pac-12 job, or you know, like oh, if Dave Aranda's taking the LSU job. Or okay, yeah. Uh, so Aranda's going back to LSU. Right. Something Kiffin's like that. going to Florida. Mullins going to. I feel like Urban Meyer going to Florida writes itself though. It gives him his out in Jacksonville. I, he needs I'm an Florida, exit plan. If I'm Florida, I'm like, what's the deal, dude? You said you were leaving for health concerns. Who cares? You, and then he took like three jobs after just that. Just win. Yeah, just win, baby. Yeah. Uh, so who what do you got just about? winning? Who do you got what just winning this one? Old Miss, Mississippi <laughs> State. Who do you got winning this game? I got Old Miss winning. I can't believe it's only a one point game, one point spread. Old Miss is one of the top eight teams in the country. I like that. That's a hot take, but I like it. I, 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 think I agree with that. I would love to see them in a New Year's Six, like a Sugar Bowl type deal. I don't think they get it. I don't think they get a Sugar Bowl type deal unless the SEC gets two teams in the in the Big Twelve. I don't know how it that, plays out in the CFP, but this is a this is a team. They had their letdown game against yeah, Vandy. One for get, eight on third downs. They were sleeping through that a little bit. What's but gonna, Ely and Drummond are going to show up and yeah. show out. Mississippi State. I wanted to throw the stat at you because it's random and I, I, I'm just a loser. But I love random stats. Mississippi State. You're a winner, honey. 
Auburn. Because you're here with me, Adam. That's true. Auburn had two 100-yard receivers against Mississippi State. Not one. Not one. But two. Two. That's Auburn. The last time Auburn had two receivers go over 100 yards, it was Sammy Coates and Duke Williams in November of 2014. So about 90 games. Auburn can't do that. Against Mississippi State, they're able to do it. Yeah. So... Both offense is very good, but the Mississippi State defense is not going to get the stops that are necessary. The Emerson kid, they have a cornerback number one. You want to tune in. You're sitting around watching this game. I love matchups between future yeah. NFL guys. Yeah. So Drummond, I want to see this cornerback one for Mississippi State that people are high on. So can that kid slow down Drummond? Yeah. Doesn't matter. Ely is super talented. Offense well, too much. So the Emerson, but the Emerson kid is like uh, like the guys that South Carolina has had like the last. Three NFL, right. like they just keep putting like cornerbacks. JC Horn and those yeah. dudes, yeah. Yeah, you're like, well, they got this guy, but right. they, like, just attack the other guy. The right. other guy's like, we'll just throw it everywhere else. Yeah. <laughs> this dude's an NFL corner. This dude's barely yeah. even a D1 corner. I would like, like to yeah. just get a peek on that dude, but if you're gonna let Auburn throw the ball around, Nick's I believe at 300 plus yards passing yeah. against Mississippi State. So Matt Coral is gonna come in. This is a Matt Coral game. Yeah. Love it, and 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 he's almost done. I mean, you're talking about you want to talk about opt outs of plenty. This old Miss team is going to have opt outs of plenty when Lane yeah, bounces yeah. for Florida. Well, just just they got you know they're not going to get a level of bowl that their talent deserves. I mean, I'm with you, top eight team. I'm I'm with you because of Matt Coral and Lane Kiffin, but. They're, they're, That's what I see is the They're going to get like a champ sports bowl, and people are just going to opt out all over the place. And then people are, oh, well, they're not that well, good. Well, John Reese Plumley play quarterback they in lost the bowl, their bowl game? game? No, they'll have the next guy. Oh, because I would watch that bowl game. Uh, oh, oh. Write that down. If Plumley is at quarterback. Let me, let me get it. Hey, he'll call in. Yeah, he'll call him. Yeah. Uh, UNC NC State is that Friday night game. Uh, mm. This game is known as. Cleverly, cleverly. I mean, just because of just the brilliance of the people in the great state of North Carolina. This game is called the Carolina State game. Okay. <laughs> Come on, man. Like you, you got so many good names. And you just go, the Carolina State game. But seriously. I'm hoping it was something offensive that they switched. But seriously, like, I mean, this is a, NC State's a six and a half point favorite. Sam Howell versus Devin Leary. You know, neither can get, well, I think NC State maybe has a weird path to the ACC championship game. They just need a wake loss. Uh, win and a wake loss, yes. right? UNC's definitely out. But UNC's trying to improve their stock for the bowl season, something that Sam Howell is going to opt out of. So this is probably Sam Howell's final game in the UNC Powder Blue. If he plays. If he plays, right, because he, he was hurt. It, it, this is a game that's that's very interesting, though. I, I Sam Howell has gotten a lot of heat this year. He's dropped down this 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 list of of NFL draft pick cornerback uh, quarterbacks etc. Sam Howell to me is still a guy like you watch him play you watch his game he's a fantastic talent who was just had no talent around him this year porous offensive line bad defense I wouldn't uh, say no talent decent receivers yeah. Ty Chandler, Chandler who they did not I said 
in game one, why don't they give the ball to Ty Chandler more? Because Sam Howell's supposed to win the Heisman. And well, no, they were giving it to the Britain kid all the right. time. And then, you know, you figure out, well, we need to give it to Ty Chandler, and then all of a sudden Ty Chandler leads the team and and you know, close to the um, ACC and yeah, Russia. Um, this is gonna be a good game though. This is a this is a challenge for NC State. NC State has a path to the ACC championship game. It's not going to be played out until Saturday, so they need to win so their like game. That, they need they to win Friday. their game and then watch. Yes. What do you see here? The the Sam Howell thing is interesting. I have a is question your beer mark. Empty? Do you need another UBL? Because it is underground beer lab night. I have a question mark next to Sam Howell's name. If he's out, you're going to get to see Drake May. They let him play the second half last week, so he was sitting at QB3, but I do think we... There's a little sip in there. Okay, there you go. I do think Drake May is the kid that we're going to see if Sam Howell is out. He was supposed to go to Alabama. He's a Charlotte kid. Uh, They were able to flip him. Um, a few years ago, one of my connections, Joel Sovey down in Charlotte, was telling me about Drake May. Went to a couple of his high school games. Okay, okay. And he said, hey, there's this kid. They're writing like about him in the newspaper. Said Alabama wants him. Everybody was going to see him thinking that was Alabama's next big thing. Mac Brown was able to get this kid to come to UNC, and he will be the quarterback next year. Yeah. So you get a, maybe a sneak preview of this kid. Either way, I like NC State here. Definitely get a sneak preview With or without of the Howell. kid. Definitely get a sneak preview of the kid in the bowl game. You know, I that's mean, true. That's, you will get Drake May yeah. for sure in the bowl game. Yep. And you'll have another. They had the opt outs last year, at Carolina, right? You had the guys opting out yeah. for the bowl game, and Downs would do that kind of thing again. I yeah. could see Downs opting out, but Howell, even if he plays NC State Friday night, this is a conference championship game for them. We talked about at Wake NC Forest, State. same thing at, at, at home. Veteran quarterback, Emeka Amezi is a very talented wide receiver. He's hot and cold, but his two best games were Wake Forest and Clemson. So when they need that kid to show up, he will. Leary throwing to him is a great combination. Give me NC State. Puts all the pressure on Wake. I don't know. Yeah. If North Carolina wins, pretty, they're, they're, Wake still has to win to get in, right? They're pretty... Because uh, um, a loss puts Clemson in. So yes. Matt, yes. Part of me... Okay, this is... Part of me now wants North Carolina to win, so uh, so that there's the Clemson yeah, possibility no matter hovering who, Saturday. No matter who <laughs> wins this game, like there's the yeah, uh, Wake Wake needs to win, right? Wake needs to win. So that so, game that game should be Saturday night. And Clemson, it doesn't matter. Like Clemson is not playing an ACC team, so if they lose, it doesn't matter. <laughs> they can still get right. in if they lose. So, so Clemson's irrelevant. This game here, this game here is interesting because uh, again, that UNC offense is not exponentially better than that NC State offense, and their defense is pitiful in comparison to NC State's defense. But I've got Sam Howell on a showcase game at the end of the season. He shows out. He shows up. Jeez, I wish it was seven and a hook. Six and a hook is such a bad number. It, this game is right at that seven point. Right at that seven do? point. I'm gonna take Sammy Howell to cover. I, I like. I like. I, I'm gonna take UNC to cover All this right. game. It's. It's. If if you can get seven and a hook on this game, I love it. Mm, Six yeah. and a half, I don't love it. Seven and a half, I like it. Um. He's this 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 is Sam Howell's final showcase game. He will not play in the bowl. Final game. He will not play in the bowl. 
This is his final I game. hope he can play. Rivalry game. Here we go. If he doesn't play, it's NC State's game. You know, we're, we're sitting there talking about the game on a Monday night. Thursday, it could be that Sam Howell's ruled out. I take NC State if no Sam Howell. Okay. That's fair. Um, Florida, Florida State. Flo- actually, I should say Florida State at Florida. Henning, I mean, these are two programs that could not be trending in two different directions. That's a good point. Mullen gets canned. Norvell is being talked about for potentially getting a bigger job than Florida State. Bigger than Florida State? Who saw that three months ago? Did you see what happened to the line when Mullen got fired? uh, Actually, I did not write down the line on this game. What is the line? Well, okay. 2.07 2.07 p.m., the line is released on Sunday. Florida's favored by 10. Florida's favored by 10, okay. At 2.17 p.m., the news of Mullen's departure gets out. Florida favored by 1. Whew. Vegas. Nine-point swing? It's, it would be a great conversation. Like how I did that, Matt? To have. I like that. Jeez. It was an underground beer lab. It's a spectacular brewery. I want you to table oh, this yeah. table this conversation, okay. but when you would if you would look at college coaches, and I'll I agree focus. with you, you I'll say focus here. the most important like coaching position, college football coach, right? Who would have the biggest swing in a spread like this? I mean, to think nine points seems right. like a ton. Right. For Vegas to think a guy who lost his job, you didn't want a guy who was worth nine points. Who was worth nine points? Yeah, I mean, nine what, points. What did you say his How? record was? Thirty-five and fourteen. Thirty-five and fourteen is his record with three New Year's Six games. And Vegas tells you that he is worth nine points. How I, many of the losses of those fourteen losses? You know, are, did the media? How many of your thirty-five did, wins were by less than nine points? Did the media get Dan Mullen fired? Dan Mullen's, yeah, the media and Dan Mullen's relationship, because he's a weirdo. I mean, you can't covered him like whiff, a weirdo. You can't whiff on a quarterback. Like, I mean, he... he you can't mishandle quarterback. He seems to have I think he mishandled whiffed. it this year. He seems to have whiffed. I think if he would have... Emory Jones was a guy that stuck around, and he, he handed to the keys to the Cadillac. Yeah, I mean... Emory Jones. He okay. told me that. He okay, so, me. okay, so bigger whiff. <laughs> bigger whiff. My love for Florida or your love for Texas? No, I also said Florida was the third best team in the country. So I mean, I'm I, on that boat with you. We're sinking together. I, either way, I lose. <laughs> I, I mean, I have to think it was my love for Florida. I, I had Florida as the surprise SEC East winner and Emory Jones as the surprise SEC Offensive Player of the Year. But I didn't anticipate it, him creating I quarterback controversy. Them. Yeah. I didn't. Emory Jones was put in a position where he was playing for his job when he thought, I earned it. Mm-hmm. I mm-hmm. battled Kyle Trask. I lost my job. Okay, this is my job. I'm going to yeah. show I can do it. And then they run some stuff with Richardson, and it was not the Chris League Tebow. No. That was well executed. That was, we have our guy. Yep. We have our next guy. Urban Meyer did a phenomenal job winning a national championship yep. and then getting himself a second one because of how well he handled it. Yep. It goes back to the opt-outs last year. There's issues we don't know. It's crazy what went down in Florida. It, the storylines in this game with the coaches, you're right. They're trending in opposite directions. I threw us off by the nine points. That, to me, just seemed kind of crazy. I wouldn't bet this game if, 
it, 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 like, I, I mean, I've got... How, how's this for analysis? I have no frigging clue <laughs> what this game... I mean, the, again, you talked about it before. 19, 18, 19-year-old, 20-year-old kids. Who, who can sit there and say what is going to happen in this game and who's going to bet this game and, 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 and who's going to cover this game. Like it, it, it's not even about the teams at this point. It's not even about the talent, the schemes, the game plan, the stats, the numbers, nothing. We, I, I don't know who's going to show up in this game. I know who's going to show up. Jordan Travis is showing up in this game since they made the move. You talk about handling. I talked about handling quarterbacks with Florida. The moment Norvell made the move and said, Jordan Travis is our guy. He's looked good. In those six games since he has done it, 66% completion, 10 touchdowns, one interception. He's rushed for 400 yards with five touchdowns. So this Florida State team that started 0-4, if they win, they get to be bowl eligible, right? They hit six wins. They'll be the first Power 5 team to start 0-4 and still make it to a bowl game since 1996. What that says about a coach, you said he's in for other... Yeah. We saw with Franklin last year, it said a lot about his program yep. when they flipped it. I like Same it. Same thing with Norvell here. They're trending in the different directions. Florida kids are, you know, recruits are bailing. Kids are, I'm sure, talking to their buddies at other schools about transferring if they don't like the coach that comes in. Florida State brings Jordan Travis into this game. They're 5-2 and two in their last seven games. Florida is 2-5. and five. Yep. Give me Florida State. Uh, I mean, I I've got to take Florida State too, just because of the the way that it's trending. Um, it's it's only a one point spread, as you said. It just is a weird game, uh, you know. I I I I wouldn't want to bet it. I wouldn't have it on my uh, my parlay. I, I'd leave this game alone. But if you tell but me I'll watch I, it, but if you tell me I have to bet it, and I'll watch it, I'll, I'll definitely watch it. The storylines are like, awesome. I, I'll, I'll take Florida State, and I'll take Florida State to win. And I, and I mean, it's cover that one point spread. It, Georgia is a thirty-five point favorite at Georgia Tech. Whew. So I mean, we talk about like that. We just love Georgia, and that Georgia looks really good. It is is Georgia so? I want to let you start this because I've got something completely unrelated to the Georgia team this year that I okay. want to talk about. But Georgia this year, how good are they, Henny? Is this far and away the best team in college football? Ohio State gives me pause. And that for the last few weeks, that the only team that I – saw on Georgia's level is Ohio State. Jamison Williams' ability, what that kid is doing mm-hmm. for the Alabama offense mm-hmm. is creeping in. Yes, it's just one player, but what that kid's been able to do, and he's kind of he's a one-trick pony. You know what he's going to do, and he's still able to do it. <laughs> so whenever you see right. that you've told your right. NFL-level secondary in the SEC, don't let one behind you. Got it, coach. What happened? One got behind me. Yeah. Like, yeah. just don't let him do it. I feel the same way about the Henderson kid with Ohio State. Right. I mean, what's Ohio State look like if Henderson's from day one? Right. At running backs, I feel like it's a little different because there's a lot of ways to get them the ball yeah. and what they need with the offensive yeah. line. But, yeah, Henderson, too. That that kid's a freak. This Georgia team, defensively what they've done, we talked about the common opponents with Alabama and what we've been able to see from this team. and. The emergence of a tight end like Brock Bowers. 
The offense is what we have questions about. Yep. They have yes, we fall in love with the wide receivers and the running yeah, backs, but, but their Georgia, numbers are good. Georgia's offensive numbers are good. They're loaded at running back. Yeah, they're Georgia. Yeah, they have talented wide receivers. We just don't pay attention to Georgia this year yeah. because of how easy they're making it look. They're the opposite. Yeah. They're, they're like LSU made it look easy, but it was sexy. Yeah, it was because sexy of the yeah. NFL wide receivers and the NFL quarterback and running back. So we would. We loved watching like that talent, but Georgia's just doing that I have, somehow. I have picked on Kirby Smart in the past for what I considered his mishandling of Jake Fromm or what I considered his mishandling of SEC championship game, CFP games in the past, conservative play calling. But you have to hand it to the guy. for the, I mean, the apple basket of that <laughs> on that man... To stick with Stetson Bennett over the clear, you know, guy, four-star, five-star guy in JT Daniels, NFL prospect guy in JT Daniels, shows a lot of fortitude on Kirby Smart's part to say, this guy makes our team better. And I don't actually know if he makes their team better. You know, we haven't seen enough of JT Daniels. I don't know what happens in practice. Kirby Smart does. But that is a highly questionable move by Kirby Smart that he has stuck to his guns and said, nope, this kid's going to play. Stetson Bennett's going to play. Over and above JT Daniels. JT Daniels is healthy. Stetson Bennett's still going to play. You've got to give him a lot of credit and a lot of love for that. Because the kids stayed. We could go on the tangent about the transfer oh, portal. 100%. 100%. But Kirby Smart last year gave Stetson Bennett a chance. Yep. Because JT Daniels couldn't play. The kid delivered. He did a nice job in there for low expectation. His comeback this year. and I, The Georgia Tech game. is Georgia Tech had a brutal schedule yeah. this year. Brutal. brutal. They struggled. Now without Jeff Sims. So you were kind of competitive earlier. No yeah. Jeff Sims. Notre Dame embarrassed him. Notre Dame had 285 passing yards on 15 attempts. 55 nothing. In a half. At half, Notre Dame had 285 yards passing. That's more than eight of their ten previous games. Yeah. So Georgia Tech, I mean, Stetson Bennett's going to look great in this game, so we should go all in oh, on I, Stetson Bennett. Oh, now. you He's should. Look fantastic. Oh, you shift, you, 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 yeah, you, you, you put the chips all in. I went down a rabbit hole on this game, yes. and I just could this not. This is why I came tonight. Could not stop reading about it. Could not stop reading about it. You know, like, people... It may get that recency effect and ask whether or not Georgia Tech, Georgia is like still a rivalry. They're like, is this still a thing? I hope like, you're starting with the name. Georgia here. Tech is horrible, but the, the the name is awesome. It's clean, old-fashioned hate. Like that's the name of this rivalry game. Right. Played for the first time November fourth, eighteen ninety-three. Like that's where we that's where we scale back and go. College football is just different. Right. Just different and real. These two teams, the, the 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 hatred between these two teams is so freaking phenomenal and deep rooted that it's hate, uh, hate. that it's just amazing. So it started with the University of Georgia said our colors are going to be old gold, black, and crimson. Those are going to be our colors. Call your shot. Georgia Tech goes. Oh, really? Because ours are going to be old gold and white. 
we're just gonna we're just gonna do that. Georgia fires back and says like like they were like that is a slap in the face. We are ditching the old gold because the old gold is symbolized cowardice. Wow, this is Zoolander v. Hansel. See, yeah, yeah. Th- this is this is like 1891 right now. Okay, they haven't even played yet. All right. Game one hasn't even happened. Arguing about the uniforms. All right, so like (laughs) the uniforms happen. This rivalry starts. World War One comes along. Georgia Tech is a military training ground uh, with like an uh, assembly of male students, so they have people there, like dudes there that can still play football. Most schools like Georgia. It lost a, the, the vast majority of their able-bodied male students to the war effort, so they tempor- had to temporarily suspend, like, football operations. Stetson Bennett the first right. was there, though. Yes, Stetson right. Bennett the first is yeah. at Georgia yes. at this time. So, as a result, Georgia didn't play football from 1917 to 1918. Right, so they reviewed their, they renewed their program in 1919 after World War One uh, is over. The student body of Georgia stages a parade in which they mocked Georgia Tech's continuation of playing football, and the parade featured a tank-shaped, like float. You know okay. how they had like the floats, the yeah. the, the, yeah. the the you know whatever like the. Plaster Paris floats, floats that yeah. they make. Okay, you've been floats. to the Rose Bowl. You've been to Those the Rose are all Bowl. Flowers though. So they have a tank-shaped float emblazoned with the words UGA and Argonne, which is a huge battle in World War One, followed by a yellow-clad donkey float with a sign that reads "Tech in Atlanta." Wow. Boom! That's clean old-fashioned hate. Lays it down, hey, hey, but hey. it. It, it's so this is where I get and I'm like this is that like you have just questioned everybody at Georgia Tech's manhood right at this point like we went to war you didn't it does not stop there World War II comes along every branch of the United States military is uh, you know they're doing their thing they're faced with World War II obviously World War II is just you know this the, the uh, an, an epic war that is more movies, more literature, more everything written about it. Georgia Tech is host again as a training school to this V12 program. The V12 program allows officer candidates and sailors training for specialized service roles. It, it allows them to enroll in college. And, and basically have this like course of study, physical training that Sounds brings like you transfer portal. Yes, that brings you to like this. Wait a minute, you're like a specialized mm. soldier, right? So Georgia Tech, due to its focus on engineering, was selected as a V12 school. Navy personnel enrolled full time students in this program, and then Tech allows the athletics program to have its pick of these healthy bodied, able, you know, healthy, able bodied men enrolled in their school, regardless of whether or not they had any like college playing experience or anything. Right. They just have them on their team. It's like UNC basketball. Yeah, you don't yes. need to be a college. Athlete. Georgia's got nobody. All right. 
So Georgia has all people that went away to the war, Stetson and they Bennett can at the third or second now. Second, second or at the second now. The now. They there. continue to play. Georgia gets their butts beat by because they don't have V twelve people. Right. So they get their butts beat by these V twelve like elite sure, yeah. soldier people. Yeah, SEAL Team Six is showing sure. up in Athens. <laughs> yeah, Georgia removes those games from their record books. Smart. Georgia Tech is like, no, 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 those are in the record books. There's this big fight. Each of their record books look different as to those two years of the games that are played. They hate each other. They can't stand each other. Georgia thinks Texas, Georgia Tech just cheats and, and has the these guys yeah. that are ringers. They yeah. didn't go to war. They didn't do what everybody else did. We're Georgia. We contributed to these efforts. And that hatred runs that deep. Very deep. That's this rivalry game. That's what we get to see in this 35-point spread, which maybe people in that recency effect think is not a rivalry anymore. Athens, Atlanta, Georgia Tech, Georgia, still a rivalry. Yeah. Great story. What a great like, – just go back. There is far more to read than that, but I know that we don't have that much time. But there is so much to this hatred that is fascinating Hilarious. I think you have a special awesome to read. Out. I think awesome you have a to clean, old-fashioned hate night with Dan Patron. Anyways. All right. Boom. Next. Next. Texas Tech is going to go to Baylor where they're a 14-point underdog. Baylor has a path to the Big 12 championship game, as we talked about in Episode 1. Kick it back and listen to that. Win here and an okay loss in Bedlam. Okay losing to Oklahoma State in Bedlam. And Baylor's in. Quarterback Jerry Bohannon, injury is a concern to me, but I think they still get it done. I hate that spread. I think Texas Tech, after getting blank from Oklahoma State, keeps this one close enough to cover, but Baylor wins. Baylor's the better team. Baylor wins this game. It's interesting because he wasn't a coach. Joey McGuire was not technically a coach for Baylor. He was an aide to the program, uh, but he is now without any college head coach or coordinator experience. He has been hired as the Texas Tech coach. He's been hanging out. You see him at the games. They show him. So he comes over for Baylor. So what type of insight do you have? Obviously a ton when you've been around a program for five years working with them. Yeah. So what type of communication is there? I don't know if there's some type of respect. that I don't know how it works when a guy leaves like that. And as upstate New York guys, central New York guys, we don't understand Texas high school football. This dude is becoming the head coach at Texas Tech. Because he was a legendary, he's a, a so much success in Texas high school football. So without being an OC or head coach in college football, that dude's going to be the head coach at Texas Tech because he was just a monster in Texas high school. We don't get it up here in Syracuse. We don't understand how big football is in Texas. That you can be really good as a high school coach and you can become, you know, the head coach of Texas Tech. Yeah. We just don't understand it here. Yeah, because you can recruit the kids from Texas. You, you have those just, connections and everybody yeah. likes it. The 100%. Texas Tech getting shut down by Oklahoma State. Baylor doesn't have as good a defense, but they're playing with an opportunity to play themselves into the Big 12 championship game. I'm rooting for that. I'd like Oklahoma State to win and Baylor to win, giving us a beautiful matchup the following weekend. You got Baylor to cover that 14-point spread? 14 points. That's what I said. I just did. Yes, I do like That's that. That's a lot. I like the running backs for Baylor. That's a lot. Baylor, yeah. Smith and Ebner, those are good running backs. Yes, the quarterback 
yeah. position is interesting because Bohannon, he's a solid runner. We've seen yeah. that with him. Smith is sitting there right around like 1,300 yards rushing. I mean, that guy's been phenomenal this and, and season. Ebner's nice. I like the Thornton kid at wide receiver. If Blake Shapin, your new quarterback there, is yeah. capable of handing the ball off to Smith and Ebner, that team should be... <laughs> Turn around and hand it off. Yeah, that's what you need him to do. Once in a while, hit Thornton. Baylor winning this game by a couple touchdowns, sure. Paul Bunyan's axe. Wisconsin-Minnesota. Wisconsin, Wisconsin is a the cap to Wisconsin. Wisconsin now. is a six and a half point favorite against Minnesota in Minnesota. This is going to be four o'clock on Saturday. This is another one of those underrated rivalries. I think Paul Bunyan's axe was was a game along with the victory bell where we went over that uh, that rivalry good story stuff, in season one. You should grab all those and put Love them in it. the little Love it. spot. Love it. So, um, you know, these guys hate each other. This is not, this is a rivalry. This is a rivalry and these two teams hate each other. I hate the for, row the boat thing. For me, uh, Minnesota, uh, I know you hate the row the boat. Yeah, it's I just think it's stupid. <laughs> I just, I don't maybe it's the tie that he wears with like the sweater. Wait, is it a bow tie? No, it's not a bow tie, but I, I, I don't know. Maybe that bothered me from like the beginning with PJ. But wait, am I wearing a tie? No, I don't have. Dress down. I dress down. Yeah, I have a button Thanksgiving down, week. Not, <laughs> I'm wearing a tie to Thanksgiving just to just to bother yeah, you. you know, yeah. roll the boat. Maybe like bring a, your oars. A maroon tie <laughs> with an oar. Dressed like PJ Fleck. <laughs> no, I don't have any sweaters. Like a sweater that goes over it. So you have to be Doesn't pretty like a fit. Zip? You have to be pretty fit to wear a sweater over your dress shirt. Oh, do with you know a how good crew is? Those yeah. dudes are always in shape. Yeah, yeah. Like you yeah. have to be pretty fit. See the Winklevosses? Pull that, <laughs> right? These kids are jacked. <laughs> Those are the only crew, the only kids I know. That Did crew. you say Winklevoss? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Isn't that their name? I don't know. The kids from the Facebook thing—they were the Harvard Row guys, right? <laughs> The Winklevosses. Yeah, I got it. Yeah, Google sure. it. Harvard. <laughs> yeah, look, I uh, the there's there's uh, there's not enough rowing that he can do to get this done because there's too many too many running backs have been hurt. I like Tanner Morgan, uh, but just Minnesota just dealt with the injury bug this year. I don't like it. They're at home, but six and a half. Wisconsin's going to win this game by a touchdown or more. Wisconsin's playing better of late. I like Wisconsin to win this game and cover. Wisconsin hammers them. Wisconsin is letting Graham Mertz play the role of Wisconsin quarterback. They have found the next big thing. Braylon Allen should be a senior in high school. He is now settled in as the Wisconsin stud running back. The kid. Dude's jumbo. 6'2", 238 as a freshman. He should be a, he reclassified. He was coming in with their class of 2022. Big boy. He reclassified, showed up now. Go 20 rushing touchdowns in the last 7 games. Seven straight 100-yard rushing games. This team 228 against Nebraska and three touchdowns yeah. on 22 carries. Yeah. So this yeah. kid is phenomenal and Wisconsin was forcing a different style with Graham Mertz cuz they we have our five-star guy. We have to let him five-star. Yeah. Where and he's got like a logo and stuff. Right. He's got a logo. The What's the worst that logo? could happen? Yeah. What's the worst that could happen? Now you've been Wisconsin. They are coming on strong in this team. Strong. With their defense, 
a quarterback who understands his role in this type of running back is sitting out there for Ohio State. Wisconsin is not going to be intimidated by this team. They love their defense and they love their running game. It's a nice matchup for them in a couple weeks. They have an opportunity to a season we thought was a debacle back in September has flipped. They're coming on. They're getting better. This is a dangerous team right now. They're not trying to throw it 30, 40 times like we saw against Penn State and Notre Dame. Not who they are. Let Mertz be a Wisconsin quarterback. Give it to Braylon Allen. He's the best player on the field. They're able to handle Minnesota in this game and get ready for a huge matchup in Indy. Huge matchup in Indy with Ohio State. With Ohio State. Where I don't see them having a chance in that game. But we'll deal with that next week. We don't give it away too much. We'll deal with that next week. Yeah. Last game of the night. Last game. Last game. Notre Dame's going to play Stanford. This is also around. this is also one of those weird rivalry games where Stanford stinks this year. They're three and eight. They did have that game where they pulled off a victory over Oregon, so they're obviously capable of the upset. Notre Dame is, you know, I mean they're rising through the ranks. They're, they're probably the number five team in the country right now, right? Is that fair to say? Number five team in the country. Right, yeah, they're right. I, where they'll be in the CFP yeah. is right yeah. there. Well, uh, Michigan was ahead of them last week, right? Uh, were they? Michigan was ahead of Michigan State. Is Michigan going to be five? Michigan, Michigan State. That's a fine. So Notre Dame Notre six. Dame. That's five. one Notre game Dame I'm wondering six. if that flips. But Michigan five, Notre Dame six. They are right there. eighteen and a half point favorites. This is the last impression that they're going to make on the college football playoff committee. Um, do they need to win this game by 18 and a half points? Like, do they need to spank Stanford in, in what, what, what needs to happen for Notre Dame for them to make the college football playoff? Let's just, you know, I mean, I, you really want to talk about Notre Dame versus Stanford. Let's just talk about Notre Dame. Right. Cause Notre Dame, Cal just went for 350 rushing yards against Stanford Yeah, and Garber's had a nice game and Cal yeah. struggled all year. So Kyron Williams... Jack Cohen, those dudes are going to have huge games. Notre Dame's dismantling inferior opponents right now. Mm -hmm. They're not a team that's letting somebody hang around. So they don't have to worry about style points because Georgia Tech, Virginia, Navy, the teams they should smoke, they they have done exactly that. So they're not a team where we're like, show us something they have. Yeah. This is going to be a forgotten about game. We're going to sit there Sunday and go, oh, yeah, Notre Dame beat Stanford, right? What was the score? Yeah. It's not even going to matter. Then they don't play a conference championship yeah. game. The Notre game's not even on my radar. To be not honest. on my radar at all. Notre Dame needs a Cincinnati loss. 100%. A Cincinnati loss. I Ohio State-Michigan is a knockout game. A Cincinnati loss puts Notre Dame there at four. I, waiting. Think, they'd love, I think they'd love to see Oklahoma State play Baylor. And the Baylor Big 12 win. championship and Baylor win. Because then that takes the Big 12. It's going to come down. That puts them in. That's o- their path. Oklahoma State is a Big 12 champ with wins over Oklahoma Baylor. And Notre Dame's loss to Cincinnati being devalued. So what hurts Notre Dame is what you need is Cincinnati yeah. to lose. Yeah. But then your loss, that team gets bounced. And what's Notre Dame's next best win? So is Who there, does Notre Dame have on so their resume? is there any chance that... 
Okay, so if Ohio State destroys Michigan and Georgia destroys Alabama. Just beats Alabama. Alabama's not going to get in. Then Notre Dame over in. Notre Dame and and Alabama if Alabama loses to Georgia and Notre Dame beats Stanford and Notre Dame sitting there with one Is loss to Cincinnati will they be in? Notre Dame would get in over Alabama. So Notre, so then you would have it's Oklahoma State I'd put in over Notre Dame. Then you would have Georgia, Ohio State, Cincinnati, and Notre Dame. Alabama had their shot. Interesting. And they're going to leave out Alabama. Alabama-Georgia rematch. They're going to leave out Alabama. Alabama did have their shot. And and you know what? I don't have a problem with that. Even though I think that Alabama would beat. And, and, and here's the thing. Here's Notre the Dame thing. and Cincy. Yes. Yeah. But you had your shot. Right. You, you had why your shot. Why play the SEC championship game then? And, and, and no. Why, why, why do it again? No, I mean, if Alabama can just get that shot again, then why do we play the semifinal game? You know? Right. Right. And that's the thing, again, about the playoff, no playoff. We've seen it. It's good. If you want to make the argument that Alabama would beat Cincinnati, Ohio State, or Notre Dame, or whatever your, your argument's going to be, that's fine. But they had their shot. They had their shot at Georgia. And now it's time for other people to get their shot at. Georgia. I want Oregon. You I already want, lost. I want Oklahoma State beat Oklahoma, beat Baylor, and take your twelve and one and your only loss at Iowa State. That everyone, I don't care that Iowa State could be six and five, seven and five at the end of the season. Who everyone are, knows Iowa. Who are Iowa State's Notre a good Dame's, team. Who are Notre Dame's best wins? That's our, after Notre Dame beat Michigan State. No, Notre no. Dame beat uh, Purdue, Wisconsin, <laughs> Wisconsin. Right, so right, Notre Dame's they needed that they had that they smashed Wisconsin in the fourth quarter. Right, US, I, things can USC, get foggy late on our recording nights, but USC. Uh, I mean, we don't respect USC. They've, I mean, they beat good teams like USC and North Carolina, Virginia Tech. Like they had a they had a loaded schedule. None of the teams ended up being any good. That the, that's, North Carolina falling apart really. That's hurt their Notre problem. Dame. That's and, their problem. They needed UNC they, to be who we thought they were. They they beat Florida State in overtime. They beat Toledo by three. They beat Purdue. They beat Wisconsin. They lost to Cincinnati. They beat Vir- a bad Virginia Tech team by three. They beat U- a bad USC team. They beat a mediocre UNC team by ten. They beat down Navy. Which is nice because Cincinnati did not beat down Navy, but whatever, you still can't jump Cincinnati. They beat down Virginia. They beat down Georgia. Virginia was without Brendan Armstrong too, right? Yeah, Virginia was up without Brendan Armstrong. They beat down their last three opponents, and Georgia Tech was without uh, Josh Sims. Yeah. So I mean, you beat down your last three opponents, but wasn't Navy without their starting quarterback too? I don't know, Navy. I, I mean, they're interchangeable guys or whatever. But I like Notre Dame. Just Notre Dame doesn't do it for me. I, I, that 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 if you want to tell me that that schedule is better than it's Oklahoma Cincinnati's State. schedule. Well, I Cincinnati I Notre Dame. It. You don't have to worry about a comparison. It's going to be if there is a comparison, it's coming out of the Big Twelve. 
Can Notre Dame even get in over Cincinnati if Cincinnati loses once? I mean, I know that they will, but should they? I don't. Uh, why? Right. Well, because then you're looking at what's so you have the. I mean, then it's the head to head, right? Head to head should do it. Yeah, fine. So you lost. So you think Notre Dame is that? They would think Notre Dame is that much better than Cincinnati that it erases the head to head because yeah. that's when they go away from the head to head. Like they said, Michigan's that I don't much see better. It. Yeah, I don't see it. I don't see it. They got handled. They they lost at home to Cincinnati and got handled by them. My dream scenario, I'll say it. You know, whatever. A week, two weeks out, Georgia, Georgia gets in. Ohio State gets in. I want to see Cincinnati in there. As much as I like this Alabama team, and Bryce Young is talented, I want to see Cincinnati in there, and I'm pulling for Gundy. Because I'm going to get yeah. the Georgia-Alabama game anyways. Well, I'm here's, gonna my, get, here's my four. I'm going to get the matchup I want to see, but I want to see my, Gundy in the playoff. Here's my four. Here's my four, which I think will be spectacular. Alabama, Georgia, Cincy. Ohio State. Those four teams are so the four best teams fantastic. in the Fantastic. I'd love to see that. And what you would have yeah. what you would have at the end of the day is you would have Alabama at one if they beat Georgia. Ohio State would be one. You would have oh I think you'd have Ohio State Georgia in that two three game and you'd have Alabama Cincy in that one four game. You make Alabama and Georgia play again 2-3. If Ohio, Ohio State's going to bump up to 2 tomorrow night, they're going to leapfrog Alabama. Alabama will leapfrog them if they beat Georgia. We'll see. I mean, if you beat Georgia, if you if you slay Georgia... It, it, and Georgia's at 2. We're just getting good. But just see, getting I, good. I like my scenario because I sneak in a fifth team there. Of course you like your scenario. That's why Alabama, it's your scenario. Alabama and Georgia, we, they're already going to play. <laughs> Alabama yeah. and Georgia are already going to play. We're going to see that matchup. No, Georgia beat. I like. I mean, look, I, Oklahoma State's an exciting team, and, and they'd be fun to see. They'd be fun to see play. I, I think that I We're, still think that Oklahoma is a team that has enough talent to surprise some people. You yeah, know, they just ran I, out of time. Now, Oklahoma's better than Michigan. Yeah, they're gonna run out of time though. I, I think Michigan's gonna get hammered by by Ohio State this weekend. Oklahoma got the Group of Five treatment this year with how they played. Mm-hmm. They were started back behind seven teams in those first rankings, and the moment they lost, they were dropped far. Yeah, I would agree. Look, Thanksgiving weekend, you got big weekend. You got family around. You got football around. You got you know, <laughs> couple couple nice cold beverages. And hopefully, you run out and get some underground beer lab because this this oh, is delicious. This is absolutely delicious. It, what? better weekend do you have than Thanksgiving family football it's fantastic tune in it's going to be Thursday Friday Saturday all of it you got your NFL on Thursday with your Lions your Cowboys your Bills at night it it, it just the whole thing just lines up perfectly for an absolutely spectacular weekend we hope that you and yours enjoy this Thanksgiving as we roll out of, hopefully we start to roll out of this this COVID uh, time period and get back to something that's normal. Uh, last year's Thanksgiving was a little bit different for a lot of people. I hope that this Thanksgiving is a little bit normal for you. I hope that you enjoy yourself with your family and your football. 
We love it. We're family. We're going to enjoy, you know, our Thanksgiving with our family and our football. We'll be together on Thanksgiving. We'll be eating turkey. We'll be watching football. We'll be enjoying all of this. We hope bowls of eggs. We hope that we hope that watching watching egg bowls. We hope that you guys are too. That is all we have for tonight. It was an absolute pleasure bringing back a hot routes episode tonight. As always, you can check us out. Give us a follow on Twitter at Henny and Patron. You can listen and subscribe on iTunes, Apple Podcasts. Go on, rate and review us. Follow on Spotify, Anchor, Stitch, essentially anywhere podcasts are found. Our page on Facebook, Henny and Patron, the two drink minimum. Or friend me at Dan Patron. A special thanks to our brewery tonight. Very, very special thanks to our brewery tonight. The Underground Beer Lab in Syracuse. Spectacular beers with the Secret Lab Work Hazy IPA as well as the Irresistible Gradient New England IPA. Both delicious, both under a week old. I am Dan Pertrone. He is Kevin Hennigan. This has been the two-drink minimum. Happy Thanksgiving and cheers. cheers.